Attention wrestling fans, Kevin Taskmaster Sullivan is coming to the GTA for the first time in 25 years. Gotham Central Comics will welcome the Taskmaster himself on Saturday, May 28th for a meet and greet and autograph session. Come on down to Gotham Central at 1400 Aimco Boulevard, that's Dixie and the 401 from 1 to 4 p.m. for this awesome event. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Apter, and I just finished taping an episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, or Tyler and Mike. They're brilliant hosts. You've got to listen. You've got to see. Count It Out. Yeah, I endorse it. They've got the After Chat seal of approval. All right, guys, it is about to get fucking weird in here. We are, uh, this is a long time coming for me. Let me tell you something. First of all, uh, I've been wanting this interview for a long time. I'm happy to finally have it. Before I get into the story I want to tell, I will introduce our guest right here. We are very, very happy to introduce the one, the only, the warlord of weird himself, Mr. Sim Bodhi. Sin, how are you doing over there in Vegas, brother? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. And Again, as the, right right out of the gate, I apologize. I told these guys, Ox, relax, buddy. I told these guys um, to be warned that my chickens, dogs, uh, cats, everybody, they're going to all do run-ins. So this interview is probably going to be chock full of chickens barking and dogs barking. And, and I love so, it. So, so my bad. Yeah, we'd have it. We'd have it no other way. I'm going to start right at the beginning, Sin. I just want to. I just want to tell you. I've been. I've been dying to tell this story on the show for a long time. Um, I grew up in a really uh, small town, uh, way up north in northern Ontario, Canada, and uh, where I lived, my my great grandmother lived there as well. So we'd get visited by our cousins from all over the place. We'd come to see grandma. Two of my cousins lived in Orangeville, Ontario. Their names are J.C. and Susie, and of course they uh, they knew I was a huge wrestling fan, and they used to tell me all the time about their buddies from high school or. What it, yeah, I believe they were 10 years older than me, so I'm guessing high school that uh, that were into wrestling as well. And she she always told me about the, her buddies, Jay and Adam. Yep. And for those years, jerks. and yeah, finally, yeah. <laughs> those jerks, yeah. And finally, she tells me, like, they're actually wrestling now. They're going by Sexton Hardcastle. And I said, that's the stupidest fucking name I've ever heard. I fucking <laughs> love it. Uh, and then, and then, I, I uh, and that, of course, that was me. Cage. I made that up. That was my uh, <laughs> Sexton Hardcastle was yours, yeah. Yeah, that's I, amazing. Well, I mean, it was it's it's Adam's name, but I made it up. Yeah, but you made yeah. it up. Oh, I, I never knew that. It's awesome. And then finally, in in, in February of '98, um, we're they're bringing out this uh, this um, Ike Shaw is bringing his uh, ICW promotion through Inglehart, the first and last time wrestling will ever be seen in Inglehart, Ontario. And they're coming they're coming through, and the main event is the Bushwhackers versus the Suicide Blondes, of course. 
uh, uh, being Sex and Hardcastle and Christian Cage. Now, yeah. I'm excited as fuck because I finally get to see these guys live. These are the guys yeah. my, my cousins told me about. Unfortunately, Adam has a, a rotator cuff injury just a few days before the show. Uh, yeah. He gets he he gets uh, replaced with Martin Kane. Of course, we know now as as, as Andrew Martin as yeah. Test. Uh, yeah. So it it was a really cool thing. Right. I get to, the soul. I get to the soul. Yeah, of course. Uh, I get to meet these guys, not knowing, of course, what they would be. This is February of '98. They'd go on to the what May of that year, I believe. Yeah. But uh, but it was really cool for me. Of course, I'm a I'm a 16 year old kid. I don't have the balls to go up and tell this story to to Jay at the time. I wish I did, but I I just I just couldn't do it. Um, but skip a couple years, and I run into to JC and Susie again, and. Of course, we talk about we talk about those boys, but they're like, you know, we have another one. I said, what's that? Our buddy Nick, he's doing it too, and he's doing some weird shit. <laughs> and I started laughing. I'm like, all right, all right. Well, I'm gonna keep my eye out for him. And I don't remember the name they told me you were going by at that time because I don't think you were Sin yet. Uh, but uh, they they kept telling me. And then a few years later, a very good friend of mine, friend of the show, Adam Conton, he comes and he's wearing a Sin shirt. And I said, what's that? And he's telling me. He's a big fan of uh, Scott Demore's uh, Border City Wrestling, and he says this guy, this guy doing Scotty's show, man, you got to check him out. You got to check him out. And then I saw you at a, um, I saw Sin at a, um, a Blood Sweat Near show. Finally, put two and two together. I figured out who you were. Again, didn't have the balls to go and tell you this story all those years ago. So I, I think yeah, it's, I, I, I like, thought it was I really like cool, humans, especially nice ones. I would be happy to, to talk to people. So. Uh, I, I thought it was really cool that every time, uh, you know, it, it's weird to hear one wrestler coming out of a town that, you know, or knows somebody that, you know, but the fact that three wrestlers came out of the same high school in Orangeville, Ontario is, uh, Angelina is kind of Love. A cool. Angelina Love. Oh, too. I, I knew she was from the area. I didn't know she went to the same school. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. She's too. like my little uh, unblood related little sister. Yeah. She was a few years younger than, than us. And uh, but yeah, she's from more. Uh, we, we, me and Dreamer oh. were just talking about this. We I did his podcast a little while ago, and uh, he was just like, "Holy crap!" Like, and he didn't know that Angel was, or Angelina Love was we call her Angel um, was from the same town as well. Like, they, he knows her very well as well. So, yeah, small weird small so you, world. Before I jump to Tyler with some real questions here, um, I, I got to ask, uh, being as you are a resident of Vegas and you have a lot going on in Vegas now, do you get back up to Orangeville to the Toronto area a lot or? Uh, I haven't, I I'm sorry. I'm going to keep on distracted. My little, the little, my little dog that was in my lap a minute ago. She is, she is, uh, basically having a squash match with a little squeezy toy right now. And I can just hear her. <laughs> she likes to, uh, she likes to get the, she, she looks out the front door and she sees the little pigeons and the doves and whatever taunting her. So she runs back, grabs a toy, brings it to the front door and shakes it and be like, this is what's going to happen to you. If I get my hands on it. <laughs> Always the worker. Yeah, totally. So, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm, I just got distracted by that. Sorry, I get I get hit in the head. I get hit in the head for a living, and I got distracted by my dog. So, sorry. What was the the question? I, I was just asking if you ever make it up to the Toronto area, uh, being as you're so busy down in Vegas. Oh, uh, well, just I mean, you know, coming out of the pandemic, so I haven't I haven't been up there since right before the pandemic. So I haven't seen my parents in over two years because of all this stuff. Um, I think uh, a lot of people across the planet is having a very hard time traveling and seeing people and hopefully all this 
Again, can we swear on here? I'm, I'm oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go for it. So a lot. I'm just. I'm just. Hopefully this fucking bullshit is behind us soon, and hopefully people stop just trying to tell each other what to do, and we can live our lives again and travel. Like I want to be able to travel, and can't travel just yet to my country to see my parents who are old as dirt, and I would like to see them, um, or my little brother, or my brand new nephew. Um, he was, uh, he's just, just going on two months old. I haven't been able to see him yet. So I really would like to get up to Canada uh, ASAP as soon as, um, uh, you know, all that stuff permits. And, um, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get myself heat right out of the gate. I'm fuck it. I'm just gonna just go for it. You know, I really try to watch my P's and Q's in the States here. I love it. I love Canada and I love the States. I would take a bullet for both countries. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly love it here. Um, I'm going for my my uh, citizenship here. That's where I was literally before I I got on your podcast. That's why I was a couple minutes late coming out of that appointment. Uh, I got the, the best damn lawyer in all of Las Vegas to sort that out. And uh, so hopefully I will be able to visit soon. And I love Canada. Don't get me wrong. I completely love Canada. But again, I'm gonna, my wife's just going to look at me like, what the hell are you saying online incriminating yourself? But again, I'm, I'm going to be nice about what I think about American politics. I'm not going to say nothing about that because you... <laughs> Whichever way the wind blows, you're going to offend half. Whereas <laughs> yeah. in Canada, I was born there. I can say what I want. And so I would really like to visit um, Canada. And But I can't right this second. And it's all thanks to that see you next Tuesday Trudeau. Who in, <laughs> in full Canadian form, the most Canadian thing I can say, and I'll incriminate myself on the internet, is I would like to take that goof out into the snow and punch him out, buddy. <laughs> That's hey, Tyler. that guy. See- See Tyler, Sin has officially used the C word on this show, so I'm allowed to. That's I get, fine. Sin, I get in, I get in trouble every time I say that word. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even want to like. I, that's even a, maybe the wrong word to use for him because because calling him a vagina is just doing vaginas justice <laughs> across the land. This is uh, the most silver spoon spoiled entitled d bag mother effer. Just insert Fred Flintstone cussing. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, weird, I, will say, I will say weirdly, like on a, just on a side note, how how wrestling kind of pertains to that. You know, like I kind of joke in the shadows with my with some of my buddies that are like minded, and like you just can't say what you think out and about. So I, I say it to whatever damn humans get in my in my in my path like nicely like I, I i'm a big believer in communication and to try to make each other smarter and happier in an exchange of of information but i just i like again i love canada and i love the u.s and i love this planet i mean this is giant spinning rock we're all stuck in this fucking rock together you know so like i, I don't need it for us to all sing kumbaya but just like let's all get along let's yeah you know i just 100 you know and i just i i don't you know, I, I don't agree with lots of stuff. Like I'm not painting everything in an all-encompassing brush. You know, in life as in is in wrestling, there's always room for coloring out of lines, and you know, everything is shades of gray. There's nothing so black and white. But for the most part, I'd like to power slam judo. <laughs> there you go. We'd like to get you back over to Canada. We'll uh, we'll be in the front row to watch that one. I'll, I'll warn the Canadian fans: the first time I get to perform back up in my motherland. Oh, it's going to be bizzles out, man. I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> I, I pity, to, to, to steal a quote from Mr. T, I pity the fool that gets in the ring with me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't care. Give me the best. I don't care. It's Preferably maybe not even a Canadian unless it's Trudeau. I'll wrestle that motherfucker for free. <laughs> Death match, whatever you want. 
but whoever is, yeah, whoever, again, whether it's American, a Canadian, uh, whoever, a Martian, I don't care. Put them in the ring yeah. with me and they are proper fucked. That's all uh, that's going to be. We can't wait for that. And you've been keeping busy out in Vegas, though. Um, uh, yeah. Before we really start talking about your career here, I just want to say a big congratulations. Uh, you recently got married. Uh, yes, sir. And if Thank you're you. if you're looking on uh, Edge's Instagram there, apparently it was a hell of a night. You got Jake the Snake uh, officiating the uh, the event there. I know they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but any stories that you can share from from your big night there? Because it looked like oh, it was sure. pretty wild. Sure. So we posted. It's on YouTube and it's on my Facebook page, my wife's Facebook page. The link to there's two separate links. There's a link to our wedding ceremony, which is crazy enough, and then there is a surprise performance at our wedding, uh, which we put up as a secondary link, and. It was insane. It was crazy. It was fun. It was endearing. It was sweet. It was loving. And it was completely batshit weird. And so some of my buddies that were there, you know, like Edge and, and, and Beth Phoenix, I weirdly, like my brother in the best man speech, he kind of did a tag, tag best man speech, uh, Edge and my brother, little, uh, my little brother, Stephen, aka Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know if I'm supposed to tell anybody that. He's the, yeah, he's the ugly fucker underneath that Cobra mask. <laughs> Oh, uh, trust me. I, I, I was going to ask about him. <laughs> okay. Well, we can get there. And so, so Adam and Steven kind of do a tag best man promo. And Steven sort of mentions the fact that Adam has known me longer than my little brother has known me just for the logistics of Steven not being on the planet as long as us. And then I kind of thought about it too. So I've known Edge's wife, Beth, Beth Phoenix for longer than he has known her. Like mm-hmm. she was, I want to say the second uh, girl wrestler I ever met ever in my entire life. Like I trained with Trish Stratus. So she was the first one that I met. And then Beth was the first girl I met on Ron Hutchinson's Apocalypse Wrestling show. She's such such a sweetheart, such an awesome, awesome lady. And it's it's only fair that she is matched up with an awesome man in in Adam and Edge there. So there you go. How how happy are you to see both him and Christian back in the ring? That, That must mean a lot like for you from a personal level to see your best friends, you know, getting back into doing what they love to do. Oh, super stoked. Um, you know, like, I think, I think they both had plenty more to give and they still do. Um, I was joking with, with Edge the other day saying like, you know, I get, I understand, I humbly understand that you got to wrestle AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Fine. But hopefully one of these days, like we, we played in the ring, like, uh, uh, when, uh, when he was coming off of some injury, I don't remember if it was his neck or what it was, but when I was in FCW and we, we moved around in FCW a little bit and it was fun. And, uh, and weirdly, in our younger days, I can't tell you how many bar fights, not that I'm, I'm not plugging real violence, but I cannot tell you how many bar fights we were in bouncing side by side. And but we were kind of joking just literally two days ago, two, three days ago about uh, getting in the ring and just showing some of the young guys what what sandpaper looks like, how to make it rough and how to really have some fun. And uh, so hopefully one of these days somewhere, somehow. So, Uncle Vince, if you're watching, if you're listening, uh uh, so you got your you got your first you got your first two matches booked back in Canada. You got Edge and, and Trudeau lined up already. Oh boy, oh boy, oh my goodness! <laughs> Edge, I would have fun with. Ed, uh, Trudeau, I would just oh I, I can't I don't even know the word like I I, just, I don't know how I would yeah yeah oh oh my goodness. Well, it oh seems goodness. it seems go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say you brought up uh, Ron Hutchinson's apocalypse uh, yeah. brings me to a question I, I wanted to ask you about. Um, 
obviously you say about Ron so Canadian, eh? <laughs> <laughs> We're just I mean, my, that's so funny. And we, and we don't and we, and we don't hear it, right? Dude, when I was up when I lived up there full time, I didn't hear it either. And I still yeah. like I don't know that I hear it a whole lot here either, but people around me seem to like my wife yeah. and my, my 13 year old stepdaughter still kind of bust my chops about, you know, if I'm teaching at the, at the wrestling school here in Vegas and I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll call up and be like, uh, sorry, I'll be at the house in a, in a, just a little bit about, about five o'clock or, you know, nine o'clock or whatever. And my kid will kind of be like, Oh, are you sorry? Are you sorry <laughs> that you're going to be late to the hoose at a boot nine o'clock? I'm like, you're grounded. You're grounded. Go to your room. Yeah. No SpongeBob for you for a week. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ron, Ron had a lot to do with your training, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, Ron was my Ron was my basic training, and right. then like how, how you could kind of put in a sort of wrestling jargon terms. Like Ron was my basics uh, coach, my mechanic coach, whatever you want to call it. And then I had you know various fine tuned, very po- various polishing coaches. And then I had a mentor. Uh, so sort of three different kind of layers of coaching. So Ron was my, my basics coach. Uh, my polishing coaches were Dr. Tom, Rip Rogers, Al Snow, Dusty Rose, and a little, little bit of Ricky Steamboat. And then my mentor was Jake the Snake. So I, all, all things considered, I had some pretty damn good teachers. Yeah, no kidding. Well, there's two there's two guys I really wanted to ask about. One, one, one of course, is Dr. Tom, who you just mentioned. And the other uh, you didn't mention. Where does Rob Fuego fall into all this? Uh, I could give a flying fuck about Rob Fuego. He was mean to my brother. So maybe after oh. after I beat the shit out of Trudeau. So you guys asked me uh, <laughs> any do's and don'ts to talk about before we got on here. I said, nope, go yeah. for whatever you want. So I'll just use this time to say, fuck uh, you, Rob Fuego. Uh, <laughs> Let's so, cross. Yeah. See you later, that, Rob. That, that's how Thanks this. for coming All out, right. Rob. Yeah. You, enjoy, <laughs> you enjoy the rest of your life working at that rub and tug. <laughs> so that i didn't have an actual question about dr tom i just want to ask if you have any any cool uh tom pritchard stories i do i have plenty and i i haven't uh, but i will tell you just because i'm just feeling froggy today and why the hell not um i will tell you a funny fuego story i don't ever oh, talk about him because the old school way of of just not getting, you know, just to kind of do, do your worst at somebody is to ignore them and just pretend they don't exist. Okay, them. Yeah. So if I was to go online and say, hey, F you or hey, F this guy or that guy or whatever, yeah. you're just drawing attention to that person. You can be like, well, who's this person that who's this troll that needs to who, who yeah. what, where, you know, but I will tell you a funny story that oh, way back. Um, so Fuego is 99.9% worked as babyface, as a Technico for his Lucha stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. We were up in maybe Sudbury or some, someplace, someplace up North. And he wanted to be a bad guy. So he's like, I don't want to be Rob Fuego. I think I need to think of a different name. Uh, so I am not associated with Rob Fuego to be a bad guy up here. And I said, you know, thinking about like a Mexican kind of stick cause he's Mexican. Um, I'm like, why don't you be dirty Sanchez? And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> he didn't know what that was. And so he goes out and wrestles dirty Sanchez and he comes back and everybody's just laughing at him the whole time. And the audience is laughing at him and he couldn't get any heat really just because people just be laughing at what a goofy was, you know, and he comes in the back. He's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, you're a grown ass man. How do I know what what you don't know? (laughs) You don't know what dirty Sanchez is like, that's not my fault. You idiot. You know, that's hilarious. I've only met him once in my life at an indie show and he was built too many times. Yeah. He was built as Dirty Sanchez during that time as well. So. Holy <laughs> shit. So he kept doing it? He did it, he did it after, so for, I guess. There you go. Uh, I mean, I know I know the other guys still like him. Like, I just, he was just mean to my little brother. 
he just took advantage of my yeah, little okay. brother. My brother did everything for him at the school and really bent over backwards for him. And he didn't appreciate it. And he, he swerved him and all that stuff. So your brother was a hell of a hand too. Well, oh, dude, like me and my brother, like I picked at my brother all the time. But the thing about it is, is I'm not going to allow anybody else to pick at my little brother. No, 100%. No, That's no, what no. it should be. Yeah. So there you go. But okay. So going back to, so, so fuck that guy. So going forward to uh, Dr. Tom, you want to some Dr. Tom stuff? Yeah. So, okay. So back at FCW. So we're, again, we're, me and the good doctor, we're, we're great pals to this day. Uh, so back in FCW, um, I was dating this girl who was, she was gorgeous and all this stuff, but she was the stuff of those like snapped videos or those like, you know, those when housewives murder dudes videos, like this chick was 10 times crazier than she was beautiful. And while we were still, while I was still kind of sleeping with the enemy, so to speak, I didn't realize how evil she was at this stage of the game, but I never wanted to bring her to shows because it's just my old school, like my Ron Hutchinson on my shoulder would be like, don't bring your, don't bring family or friend, like don't bring anybody backstage with you. Like people buy tickets. Like if you're working at Kmart, you're not going to bring your mom or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever with you to your work shift. So right. Makes sense. leave it yeah. home. So that's, that was just the old school thing that was just beat into my head. And, um, but she was bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. So I finally just was like, just to kind of shut her up. I'm like, fine. I brought her to this one show and, uh, Introduced her to my coaches at the time, Steve Kern and Dr. Tom. And I introduced her to doctor as this is, this is, uh, this is the WWE physician, the doc, uh, the good doctor, Dr. Tom. I just was cracking a joke about his, you know, he's the visit local, he's the resident physician of the wrestling show. So however I said it, I don't recall. So she's like, okay, all right. And then Kern had called me off to do something. He wanted to talk about a spot or a promo or whatever. So I leave this girl standing with the good doctor. Don't think anything of it. And so blah, blah, blah. We, you know, the show starts, we do the show, the show ends, we get home, whatever, whatever. And I'm sitting there and she goes, yeah, that doctor was really nice. Like, you know, so I asked him, I said, I had a couple things kind of going on and I was asking him about this and that. And I don't know what she had asked <laughs> medically. She had asked the good doctor and, but she's like, oh, he gave me some sound advice and this and that. And I start laughing. <laughs> And she's kind of like, kind of like moving around, holding on to her boobs kind of a thing and stuff, talking because she had like, you know, fake boobs and all this stuff. So she's talking about this, that, the other, whatever she was talking about. I don't know specifically. I just was too busy laughing to ever ask. Um, but she was, when she was talking, she was kind of alluding to stuff like this. And I oh, just fuck. started laughing my ass off. <laughs> and then she's like, what? What's so funny? I'm like, he's not a doctor. He is, his wrestling shtick <laughs> is a doctor. He is, you, know what, you know what kind of medicine he specializes in? He's the doctor of desire. And she just, her, she went beet red, blushed, like angry, embarrassed. And I just, I just could not stop. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So, uh, uh, so doc, thank you for giving that crazy lady some awesome advice to this day. I don't know. I don't want to know. Made me laugh. Oh God. Doc is, doc is like a dream guest for us. I love me some Tom Pritchard. Uh, what a career. Sure, I'm sure had. I could probably, no promises. I'm sure I could probably procure the good doctor for you. Oh, so. that would be amazing. We'll talk, we'll talk off air about that for sure um another name you mentioned i i can't i can't hear this name and not ask about is the american dream dusty Rhodes. i'm a huge fan of the crockett era of professional wrestling sure. what's sure. the best advice dusty gave you and and what's just kind of like your favorite dusty memories oh boy i have so many with uh, dusty he's such a such a fun guy um so advice he 
he it wasn't like that he gave you so much advice he affirmed your better instincts so like if you were up to something that he was amused by he would kind of say that 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 right there baby keep on keep on keeping on baby with that that's, that's, that's good stuff there and he would compare you to things and it, so i had wrestled with him uh on the independent scene before i got hired at wwe and then, and I looked different. I was, I was switching stuff. Like I had the dark long hair and then I had the blonde long hair and I had all these different weird things. So I never expected anybody to remember. Like, so even it wasn't too long ago. It was maybe right before the pandemic where uh, John Moxley was last minute on one of our FSW shows in, in uh, uh, Las Vegas, it was like the blood, blood sport kind of a show, sort of an MMA mix. Like there were like guys like Bonner and different guys like that were on Stefan Bonner and so forth. And so, and Kevin Cross, uh, Karrion Cross, who's one of my kids, and so they're on, uh, they're on the show. So he, they, we get Moxley to come on last minute. And I, I see him in a locker room. I walk up, I give him a big old hug. And he's just kind of like, hey. And I sat down by him. Like, hey, man, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Put my boots on, whatever. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. And then somebody else comes walking around the corner like, hey, Bodie, can you, whatever. And he goes, oh, fuck's sake. It's sin, Bo- oh, God damn it. And he came back and like, <laughs> he's just like, I didn't, I didn't realize without the long hair and all this stuff, he goes, I just thought you were just some crazy person hugging me. And I just didn't want to fucking even make you uncomfortable. I didn't want you to fucking do something, you know? <laughs> and then he goes, ah, as soon as I, re- ah, you son of a bitch. Like as soon as he recognized me. So I can't tell you how many times that happened with so many of the guys, but um, so anyway, so going back to, to Dusty, um, like he would just like, he would, he would do a lot of the promo classes. He wasn't so interested in watching guys do in-ring drills, whatever he wanted to hear the characters flow. And so you'd see guys on promo day, just racking their brains, crawling the walls, trying to memorize things and think of things to say these really formulaic things, not everybody, but a lot of the guys. And I just wouldn't, and he would notice that I would just sit there and relax. And what I would do is like, you know, he dusty would sort of set up these scenarios for guys to have this practice moment. Like, okay, uh, you're going to wrestle Kane, uh, for the uh, hardcore title at Unforgiven. All right, come back in 10 minutes, whatever, and, you know, whatever, bullshit. And so me, I would just sit there, and he would go, hey, so-and-so, you say this, you know, Kane, Unforgiven, blah, blah, blah. You, so-and-so, uh, uh, Big Show, uh, Royal Rumble, blah, 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 blah. And then he'd look at me, he'd go, Bodie, entertain me. And he'd just tell me to shish me up on in, in the front of the, the class there. And I would just riff on whoever went before me. So he always knew I was going off the fly. So if it was whoever, uh, I don't know, anybody from Seamus to Ziggler to Kofi to who the heck ever, whoever was in front of me, um, I would just jump on them and just talk about them. And so Dusty was always, you know, very appreciative of just being able to riff instead of memorize. Like he did not like memorizing. Like sometimes if he gave, he gave you obviously bullet points for a show or something, but just to be able to just to go and jam. And a lot of those guys, the guys that I mentioned, a lot of those guys can do that, but a lot of the guys could not do that. And I certainly never, ever, ever showed Dusty that I needed to memorize anything or like, I, I really like to talk minimally about my matches. I like to talk minimally or think minimally about my promos. Just get an idea. <clears throat> like people were asking me uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, like, Hey, are you going to write your vows? I'm like, fuck no. I'm going to cut my promo off the fly. You know, <laughs> I, I know what I think about my wife, you know, and even my wife kind of joked, if you look at the wedding video, like literally we're on stage with like Jake and Edge and all the different people. And she goes, right before I'm about to, like Jake's like, so you have something to say? Yeah. And she looks at me, she goes, you got to cut a promo on me? Like, hell yeah, I'm going to cut a promo on you. And everybody <laughs> kind of giggled, you know, and that's how I started my vow. You know, I just, I, I, 
again, whether it's a wrestler or anybody, a public speaker, like I don't want to hear a president, let alone a wrestler, have to read off a cue cards. If you need to read off a cue cards, take a flying leap. Like yeah. I need somebody that can think and feel and be spontaneous and be and convey the emotions and the, and the power that they need to like empathy or strength or whatever, whatever character or whatever characteristic you need to convey. It's gotta be, you know, from the heart, it's gotta be yeah. from the, from the depths. If, if anything else is just going to sound flat and rigid. I mean, anyway, you could so, see, you could see that with dusty even until one of the last angles you shot. Like I remember when he was out there with Stephanie McMahon and, and he put yeah. his hand up right in her face and was like, hush puppy. And, and mm-hmm. you could tell that Stephanie was hot. It wasn't planned out or anything like sure. that's why, that's why you love dusty. He felt the moment every time. Right. Sure. hundred percent. Dusty was the man. I mean, I remember uh, one of the best compliments he ever gave me. Um, and later in life, I had, I didn't meet Kevin Sullivan until, until after, uh, my time in WWE, but me and Kevin Sullivan are, are pretty good buddies. And uh, back in the day, Dusty was just like, he's like, uh, you like the second cub in a, uh, Kevin Sullivan, baby. You're the evilest man I know in the ring right now. And I'm like, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. And I'm very, very safe in the ring, but he was like, I could buy you. Like I, I, I buy what you're selling, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he's just, just, just a, a good, just a good funny dude. Um, I'll tell you a funny dusty story. So when I was switching from Sinbodi to Kazarni um, in FCW, they kind of like, they take you off FCW TV to, to make room for the other newer guys coming up and then they send you up to raw or SmackDown or whatever. And so, but we have to be at the TV tapings anyway. So I'm like, dusty, I don't want to just sit here with my junk in my hand. Can I be useful in any way? Can I do something? You know, I'll sell hot dogs. I'll be on the microphone. I'll do, I'll commentate. I'll, but I'll rap I'll do whatever you want. And he's like, yeah, baby, let's put you on the microphone. And so like me and, uh, I don't know, I think maybe it was Josh Matthews, maybe. And I was on, I was commentating for a Tyson Tarver match, who was one of the, one of the Nexus yeah. guys, who's a super nice guy, um, great guy. And he's got this great look. He just looks like the stuff of nightmares. And he's got this awesome voice, but he's a really silly, sweet guy in real life. And he would always end up trying to ham it up in the ring. And I would always bark and like, quit that. You're like, you're going to burst your bubble and you're going to, you're going to cut your nose and spite your face. Let everybody like this scary dude, just stay that course or you're going to fuck things up, you know? And he would always say like, he would have this thing, this gimmick that he called. He's like the 1.5 second punch. He's like in 1.5 seconds, I'm going to, you know, this punch is going to whatever, whatever, whatever. And I would tease him. I'm like, man, I don't know about you, but like, not the, I'm not the fastest guy around, but dude, I could throw like 30 punches in like 1.5 seconds. Like <laughs> he's throwing in slow-mo, he's throwing the chariots of fire. Like what's going on, dude? Oh, Sid, why are you going to bust my balls? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. And so I would just always just, just get under his, get under his nerves, like in a playful way, you know? And so I'm commentating for him. And uh, I, mean, and I don't know what, exactly what the, how we prefaced it, but like Dusty's in, in the, in the truck on the headset and me and I guess it was Josh, I think. And we're, we're, calling Tarver's match and I'm like yeah he's big yeah he's scary yeah he's this yeah he's that but he's just a man baby and Dusty's like on the mic on the headset like no but the fans couldn't hear it but we me and Josh can hear he's like oh just a man but motherfucker you just you making me laugh and all this <laughs> I'm gonna sit back here shut the fuck up and hitting buttons man you making me fucking laugh and all this shit and so just just he's just a funny funny dude funny dude and just over the years I mean just always having funny memories with him wrestling with him was super fun super silly um the hall of fame when, when mr t did that uh yes he was. 
my dogs are living the cliche. I think they're going to bark at the mailman here. Or something. <laughs> we were getting on the bus from uh, going from the Hall of Fame back to the hotel. And I'm sitting next to Dusty. And it was after that, that marathon, a really sweet, but marathon speech from Mr. T. I'm like, well, Dust, I learned a lot tonight. He's like, what'd you learn, baby? I said, I learned that Mr. T sure does love his mama. He's like, you fucking damn right. <laughs> you damn right to do. You should do loving mama. Just, just this funny thing. He just, he's just a funny, nice guy and stuff. But there you go. One of my, one of the things that kept me so interested in your career, Sin, um, when people ask me, if I mention your name to somebody who doesn't really know you very well, I never described you as a professional wrestler. I described you as a fucking artist because there, yeah, because you have taken, you're the one guy that I think of first when you've taken your love of so many different things, be it music, punk music, metal music, that I I can tell you're into, your your love of comic books, uh, movies, weird shit, uh, uh, wrestling, wrestling figures, all this stuff that you love and you put it all into this big weird package called Simbody and Freak Show Wrestling. And it's kept it's, it's kept it so interesting for me. Um, I, mean, I mean, Freak Show Wrestling itself is with, unfortunately, I've never made my way down to Vegas to see it on the bucket list. Well, then you need, uh, you need to look at the second video, not the wedding ceremony, even though that is crazy enough, but the wedding performance is basically... Uh, free, they called it freak show wedding. So, I'm so definitely gonna have to watch that. My mom would say, "We'll curl your toes." So, of of all your artistic ventures, though, I have to ask you about your uh, custom LGNs. Okay. Uh, you you've been getting a lot of uh, a, 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 a lot of movement on, on be it Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. A lot of people are talking about your LGNs. Uh, not only the ones that you've made of very famous wrestlers. But even I, I, I'm good buddies with a guy named uh, uh, Justin Cusino, known here as. Uh, Who'd you uh, say, CJ Justin Trudeau? <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. You're out, Mike. You're out, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, known here as CJ as CJ Felony. Uh, you just made him a custom figure for for Christmas, and it looks just fucking like him. I, I couldn't oh, believe it. What what got you into into making these LGNs? And what what. Uh, is it is it just a hot? It was it became a hobby for you. Is it just a thing that gives you some peace? Well, what is that? So a, a little bit of everything, right there. Um, so when I was a kid, I, at first, and I didn't have no idea, but as a kid, I was like, it would be neat to have Ricky Steamboat have red tights instead of black tights or whatever. And I remember using all the wrong stuff, and it made I wrecked them and made them all sticky, and you know this and that, whatever. And and then so I kind of left, let that be. And then so years and years and years later. Um, I don't know, geez, oof, maybe, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, whenever it was, whenever the heck, um, I was doing okay for myself. And so like after, after my, my, my first divorce with my, my practice wife, I was as low as I could possibly get. So I thought I'm never going to let that happen to myself ever again. I'm going to get my shit together. I'm never going to worry about, I'm going to bust my ass. I'm never going to worry about being, at, at the bottom ever again in life ever again and i think people just need to kind of kick themselves in the ass at some point and so fast forward a little bit i'm doing okay for myself and i'm uh, wrestling and doing tattoos and you know lots of stuff and i had a few bucks saved up and i thought you know what i am going to splurge because when i was like maybe a, i don't know maybe early 20s teeny bopper early 20s uh, my parents they had they had a country home and then they moved into a, uh, like a condo in the city in toronto 
And they have, I had a box of those LJ, my LJNs from a childhood in their storage unit. And there was like a flood in the parking lot. So all the locks got popped and somebody had swiped my box of LJNs. So if you're out there, motherfucker, I'll get you. Um, but so, so some ass clown stole my fucking LJNs. And so years later, as I'm doing okay for myself, I thought, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to swan dive into eBay and I'm going to go get all that stuff. So I did. And then, so I got every last one, even like the, the Holy Grails of LJN, like the Sergeant Slaughter and, and you know, your Warlords, Kakus and all that stuff. And so I had all that stuff and I had it in my house. And then, and then, but as I was buying stuff off of eBay, you sometimes you could get these bundles of stuff and you get these kind of like, as we call beaters, like just old, really mangled ones or whatever, just whatever. So I had these extra ones and I thought it might be kind of fun to, to, play Mr. Potato Head with some of these things and see because I had on eBay I would see a couple of customers I didn't even know you could do that you know and I looked at a couple and I thought humbly I'm like I think I could I think I could do that I think I could I think I could best that and I wasn't thinking of it as a, anything more than a hobby so I had a bunch of these extra ones so I I started kind of playing with them and that was my introduction to it and then I just I just got too busy wrestling and my wrestling schedule just like i I don't know about some guys, but I mean, I've been wrestling for 23 years without a single break. Like I took three months off in 03 when I tore my ACL and that's it. I have not taken a break ever since, even during the wow. pandemic and anywhere I could wrestle, I wrestled. And even when we weren't allowed to have a wrestling school open uh, because uh, the, our governor here is also like Trudeau, I'll see you next Tuesday. So when everything was shut down, um, I put my, I put one of my rings. I have like, I have, we have three rings. I have one of the, I have an 18 foot at the school. And I have a 20 foot ring in storage and I have a 16 foot at the school. So I took my 16 foot, put it in my backyard and I would do like gorilla lessons. Like I would do kind of old school, you know, like, uh, you know, you learn in a barn somewhere in some decrepit old ring or something. So it wasn't just doing these nice hip toss lines and front roll lines and whatever, like we get in there and really show them how to really kind of groove and, and, and work and so forth. Um, so when the pandemic hit my wrestling schedule came to an abrupt halt as everybody's i thought well when they told me two weeks to flatten the curve you know i'm thinking my, my spidey sense as a worker not as a sports entertainer not as a, a wrestler but as a worker uh my spidey sense said uh, two weeks my fucking ass and i thought as a as a, a wrestler who's mostly a cash money kind of guy i thought i want to be as liquid as possible because i don't know what is in store for us so i sold my huge batch of LJNs that I finally procured and I sold them for way less than I probably should have, but I sold them all in one, one load just to have a decent chunk of cash on me over and above my rainy day money. I thought, you know, being able to feed my wife, my kid and my critters far more supersedes uh, the importance of having those toys. And the moment I did it, I'm like, well, oh, fuck, you know, but it was important and, you know, big boy decisions and all that jazz. And then, uh, so I did that. And then I'm looking around, I realized, you know, I had sold my collection, but I had all these doubles, triples, quadruples of shittier ones in the, in my bins, in my storage, whatever. And I pulled them out. I'm like, I got nothing else to do. I guess I can distract myself with starting to, you know, kind of customize some of these things. And it was weird because when I was a little kid, I would watch my grandfather. He had a little workshop in the basement of his house and he would make all these model airplanes and stuff from World War II because he was a, uh, airplane fighter mechanic in world war ii my grandma was like a lieutenant she was a nurse in the army in world war ii she was from england she was literally a little girl when hitler was dropping bombs on on london and so forth so uh the world war ii was where my grandparents met 
So I think what my grandfather was doing was like, I looked at it as a little kid and I thought this looks boring as shit. Like watching him paint these little paint uh, planes was like watching paint dry, you know, literally. <laughs> and then years later, as I started doing this, I realized these customs were kind of keeping me sane and kind of zenning me out. And I realized quickly what my grandfather was doing. He was just zenning yeah. out to a happier place, you know, when he felt relevant or felt what a happy or whatever the heck he was feeling, you know. And then so surely this this hobby kind of turned into a side hustle and it, it certainly didn't replace my lost wrestling revenue, but it did help put a dent. And weirdly, again, like I was telling you guys uh, at the front end of this, like I just got back from the uh, immigration lawyer for my citizenship. And, and where was I going? I just had I just brain farted. Where was I going to tell you guys this? Well, what the heck? Oh, why did I just, I just lost my train of thought? Uh, steel chair shots and pile drivers. <laughs> no, no. What was I talking about? Oh, oh yeah. So, um, so as as a legal green card resident here in the states, if I was to take a dime of stimulus money during this pandemic, it would negate my green card renewal. So oh, if I just hopped a border illegally, they'd give me money. I could vote. I could do all these things, all the bullshit. But if I did it the right way, I paid through the ass, like upward of ten grand for my green card, and I'm not allowed to vote, not allowed to do anything, except for pay taxes. Um, so I didn't get any stimulus money. And then as far as being a Canadian, the way the Canadian stuff works is I didn't get any Canadian stimulus money because you are only eligible as a Canadian to get Canadian stimulus money if your feet are on Canadian soil. So for the last two years, I didn't get jack shit from either country. I just relied on my hustle and relied on my rainy day savings. And so, yeah, so that's why even more of why those toys sort of, it distracted me from going nuts and it put a few bucks in my pocket and I could, you know, help feed my family and pay the rent and all that kind of jazz. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I just want to jump around all over the place sure, with you because sure. you've done so much fun stuff and, and we've sure. kind of been jumping everywhere. I want to talk a little bit about your time in uh, TNA wrestling. I sure. really loved your time with the new church. I think it's one of the most Me underrated too. stables that, uh, that are out there that not a lot of people are, are given the love. I think that it deserves. Um, what are your memories uh, of working with the new church? I know you're involved in the time when uh, Raven got his head sculpted in there. Like that was pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, you want to talk? Got really about mad that? at Jim Mitchell backstage for that one. <laughs> yeah, we were all there. We were all right there. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I agree. I think I think the church was a very underrated thing, and uh, humbly, humbly, uh, I will say that. Like, I, I, it's it's weird. Like, I'm not a big salesman for myself, but I could put over my students or my buddies or my whoever's. Uh, it's just very hard for me to sell myself. But the church definitely is a super special place in my heart. I'm still good buddies with uh, Mitchell and, and Wolfie D uh, slash. Uh, to this day, uh, they both wanted me at the wedding and they're just like, but for happenstance, they couldn't be there, you know, between, you know, whatever this life. Um, but it would, it would have been really cool to have part of the, you know, have, have the brood and the new church at my wedding all at the same time. That, that would have cool. been, been a cool. really fun little uh, tickle right there. But uh, yeah, no, they're, they're great dudes. Um, when I was in the church, they were, I, they, they were the far more experienced guys. So I was the greenest guy in the church and they still, they treated me really nice. They didn't, they didn't try to Jason Newstead, my Metallica, if that makes any sense. Like yeah. they, yeah. they didn't yeah. have Stanley and Gene Simmons, the Ace Freely or the Peter Chris, you know, they, everybody was equal. Everybody had a time and I was respectful about it, but they were very, very cool about it. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was one of my most proud moments in my career. Like I've had a lot of fun things, uh, but that definitely stands out as definitely. Uh, when the, chant, the fans would chant evil, evil, you know, all that stuff. Um, it was just, it was the coolest. 
one of my so favorite. Wait, 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 wait. So I think one of my chickens is laying an egg, or there's a mailman, or maybe the garbage man, or maybe just a pigeon fucking with my dog, going, "Hey, dog, hey." <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Man. My- uh, one of one of in the galaxy. I swear, this is the loudest fucking house ever. <laughs> and you wouldn't have it any other way, though, right? Nope. Uh, uh, so weirdly, weirdly, this home. On a side note, my my brain kind of does this whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon, where I can just string things and do attached to the next thought thought bubble. So this home here in Vegas, it's a nice big home. It was all redone on the inside, but like it, it's it's stupidly huge, and we got it for a steal because. Before I lived here, and I didn't, I didn't know who this was. Like Dr. Tom marked out for this huge, and Sabu marked out for this huge because they follow all this creepy shit. I, I didn't know, but like this used to be the Warren Jeffs uh, polygamy Mormon sex cult compound. Jeez, so this, this dude had like I don't know twenty wives and all this stuff. He's in yeah, jail. yeah, 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 yeah. He's in, yeah, I heard about him on a on a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, he was he's in jail for life, whatever. So I got his crib. So like some guys like Carrying Cross has been over here filming stuff, or you know different guys have come over just because this place is fucking ridiculous. Like it's exactly I live exactly where you think the warlord of weird should live. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> on the edge of Las Vegas. Like I can see the whole strip from my front yard, but I'm right back up to the mountains. It's it's a for, it's a fortified fortress like it has this giant spike gate with 10 foot walls all around it it's ridiculous you could drive a mac truck into my front gates right around my house and drive the same mac truck out my side gates Jesus. like it's 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 like have you ever watch the old a-team shows like wherever they break into like the bad guy compounds that's exactly where i live <laughs> you know you said the name carrying cross a couple times today are you surprised that the wwe let somebody that talented go like he had Certainly such a great am. look and like i just figured this guy's got superstar written all over him he sure does. I, I sure am, and he sure does. Uh, him and Scarlett. All right, guys, what's what's the deal, man? My chickens are, yeah, I don't know, they're popping out eggs or whatever. <laughs> I was looking at my, my kid. I'm like, hey, you want me to make you an omelet with eggs fresh from the butts of chickens? And she's just like, what's wrong with you? She's like, what's wrong? Well, go back to Canada, Dad. <laughs> yeah, like, get out of here, man. Get out of here, buddy. Uh, even, even like my wife still busts my, like, bust my balls or whatever she's like i'm not your buddy guy <laughs> not your yes. guy, friend. <laughs> uh, uh, going back to that new church stuff for a little bit there you guys yep. had a hell of a match the dog collar match there with uh Thank with you. the gathering uh what was it like you know cm punk just had a, a dog collar match right now on tv what was punk like back in the day what was it like working with him he's fun to wrestle e- easy enough like uh he was all right um we were younger you know so i'm sure we've all aged and thought of different ideas and how it changed our opinions and our artistic stances on things 10 times over. But yeah, he was, he was fun. He was fun to wrestle. Uh, I will tell you a really silly CM Punk story. So again, me and Punk at that time were sort of the junior guys in the mix of that whole thing. So I was the junior guy in the church. He was the junior guy in, in Raven's gathering. Um, Julio De Niro was his senior and Wolfie was my senior under Raven and under Mitchell and, and Shane Douglas and so forth. So one night, I want to say it was Raven and uh, Shane wrestling. And Raven's going to get color. So pop some aspirin, pop some, say, drink some uh, Red Bull or whatever, just to get the, the blood flowing. So the juice would go a flowing when the time was right. So he does, but his tummy gets a little queasy and he yaks in the ring. So 
he acts right strategically where if you were coming down the ramp and were to slide into the ring, it would be right there. Oh, no. So as me and Wolfie jump in and get on Raven and we're clobbering Raven, uh, we, we slide in from other sides, like from the audience sides and whatever. So we're not anywhere near the people. We are all fully aware of where the, the vomit is. And on off camera, you can see Julio and De Niro getting ready to come run down and save the day. And I want to say like Julio's on this side of the, the top of the stage, Punk's on this side. And we're looking up and all we can see is Julio mouth, pay your dues. And he switches, <laughs> excuse me, switches Punk to the other side where they slide in. So Julio misses the, the Punk, uh, the vomit. And Punk, Frosty, the slow, snowman's his ass right into the vomit. And we all just turn and start stomping on him as he's slipping and slopping in Shane Douglas's yak. And he's like, you motherfuckers. And we're, we're just giggling and laughing and stomping him. And he's like, shut the fuck up, take it, you know. And he's just laughing at you bastards, you know, like it was all fun. Just fun and games, silly, but boys oh, being the boys. That's funny. Mike, what do you got over there? Well, Tyler, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, uh, you're, you're going to hate me for this because you're going to have to do some editing in a, in a little bit. I'm going to let you take it home because I got to jump off in a bit uh, to, to go off to work, but I'm going to let you and Sin finish her off, but I'm going to get one. Uh, I'm going to get throw, one throw snowballs and eat Timbits. That's it. Eh? <laughs> That's it. It's exactly it. G'day. Uh, one last, I'm going to fit my last question, though, uh, uh, Sin, because uh, to me, this is super cool. As a, as a fan of yours, uh, it's cool to see somebody, uh, other people that I like, like the things that I like. So when I'm listening to a, a podcast and I hear somebody that I admire, like Corey Taylor from Slipknot, talking about how much he loves Sin Bodie and Freak Show Wrestling, that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Does this so, does this kind of stuff I'll, affect let me, let me just, you? I'm just going to interrupt you really quick and tell you a funny sort yeah. of thing. Like, so when when I first arrived on the scene with my now wife Karen, so yeah. she had uh, Pandora. We call her Pi. That's her. That's her sort of her given name. And so I'm super cool. Uh, boyfriend turned stepdad, whatever, whatever. I'm super cool until I'm not. You know, it goes from six. Yeah. I'm cool. Seven, eight, nine. I'm cool. All of a sudden. I'm so not cool. And, yeah. and she went from like overnight, it seems like from liking SpongeBob to liking Iron Maiden and Slipknot and then Slayer. Yeah. And all this. I'm like, what's happening? But so here we are. And so she's going to go to, uh, she, looking to see if she's sitting on the couch or not. She's not listening. She's <laughs> embarrassed. And she's going to go uh, see Slipknot. And I would kind of always joke and be like, you know, your stepfather, <laughs> Slipknot, Corey Taylor, uh, we're buddies, you know, and all this stuff. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. And then, but when I'm not there, she's telling Karen or telling her like cousins, like, yeah. super cool. But she won't ever put that over in front of me or whatever. <laughs> of course not. Or she's like, she's yeah. like corn. I'm like, you know, the guys from, you know, corn follows me on Twitter. <laughs> all these yeah, don't, really dumb don't, things. don't sell it, right? Don't sell right. it. And she's just like, whatever. And then she'd stooge off that she thought it was neat, but she's never going to tell me. But I know, little pretty, I get the stooge reports, I know. So, it, it, does it is that does that still compute to you though? Like, are, are, is that is that still cool to you to see all these people being like, yeah, fucking Sin Bodhi is the shit. Like, like is that is that still a thing or is it just normal to you now? Because of where you, you live in Vegas for fuck's sake, so you see these people all the time. So is that just so, normal now? You know, it's weird. Like back in the day, they used to refer to Al Snow as the best kept secret in wrestling, and then Al himself would say that about me. Now he's like, there you go. And like, and I'm so when I when I see so many guys, even young dudes who I'm happy for, like I have zero, I'm not an animosity guy, I'm not a bitter guy. Like I enjoy, I love my life, and but at the same time, I will say like I love when I see 
you know, wrestlers leave a company for whatever, whether they got canned or they just left, whatever, but then they get another opportunity, another company. So, and some of them are awesome and some of them are better than me and some of them aren't. And I'm happy for them all, the ones I know, the ones I don't know. But at the same time, I will humbly kind of say, like, sometimes I kind of think like, like Raven's line, like, what about, or, uh, like, uh, Canyon's line, like, what about Raven, or what about uh, Canyon, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of those guys, they can certainly flip more than I can flip, but I'm pretty good at what I do. And I think, like, you know, like, I've coached at WWE, I've a performer at WWE, uh, but I'm thinking whether it's AEW or Impact or, uh, you know, WWE or wherever, I'm kind of like, hey, I'm right here, you know, got all this knowledge. Um, I'm old enough where I've wrestled with most of the guys from the 80s, but I'm young enough that I can take their hits and still move nicely with the young guys. But like, I kind of have something to offer. I get so many guys that I wrestle on the indie landscape, and they're like, holy crap, I didn't know it could be like that. I didn't know it could be that fun. I didn't have to memorize anything. We just felt this stuff, and it was yeah. crazy, but fun, and the audience was in it, and I never got these reactions from the audience because I get you under my knife, you know, like, who, who wants to see Luke Skywalker beat the shit out of Darth Vader for two hours? You want to see the baby face underneath. If, if yeah. the Avengers are kicking the shit out of Thanos for two hours, you're like, well, they got it handled. Change the channel. But if you're like, how's the Rebel Fleet going to get out of this? How's Spider-Man going to get out of that? How's Luke going to get out of this? Then you are more engaged. You know, it's not just about getting uh, your shit in. It's about telling stories. And, mm -hmm. and from that, I'm, I'm just the youngest of the tail end of those unicorns age-wise that have the old school stuff but are also new school as well. So I will, I will say like all the time, like, and sometimes I'm trying to be polite because I know so many people are sensitive these days. And there's this funny term saying, don't shoot, don't work yourself into a shoot where mm -hmm. like, but I'll say, Hey, put me in the ring with any AEW guy. I'll knock the tits off of them, you know, or, or WWE guys or impact guys. Like, Give me a fucking break, you know? And I, I try to do much of that. Cause like, I'm obviously going to go work and I'm obviously going to do business. I'm obviously going to keep my dance partner safe and do all that stuff. But at the same time, like, Hey, I'm right here, motherfuckers. So I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but I think today is a day of tangent. So I love it. Hey, no, nothing wrong with that at all. Before before I jump out of here, before I say my thank yous, one did last did question. Did I even answer you. your question? Did I just go off on some crazy <laughs> rant? Man, your rants are your rants are the answers, and I, I, I it's better than what I could have expected. Well, oh, so the last I know, thing I do I want to ask talking, you about, we're talking about uh, uh, yeah. like Corey Taylor and all these different guys and stuff. So yeah. like, I'm thinking, you know, if I can, if I can touch these people and, and entertain these different people and like, and then people that are maybe a harder sell than the average bear, then, you know, just to, to, and I'm not because they're better people, just because they may be a little bit more traveled or something. So like, again, in the Andy, uh, Andy Kaufman mindset of things, like I'm not worried about entertaining those people i figure if i can amuse myself and i've been all over the world and i've seen all sorts of crazy stuff if i can amuse me hopefully i'll be amusing the the good hardworking, uh money paying fans and so forth yeah. so i just think like okay that's great and i feel very blessed and privileged that that a lot of wrestlers like what shenanigans i do in the ring or, or on stage or what have you so i just i guess i'm hum what i guess what i'm humbly salesmaning for myself is like hey tony khan Hey, Vince yeah. McMahon. Hey, yeah. Scott Demore. Hey, Tiger Hattori. I'm right fucking here. And if you want a badass motherfucker to be in your ring and not some hoity-toity little millennial, you know, here I am. So there you go. I there you go. I'll keep, them, I'll keep them all safe, I promise. I'll make it look really mean. I'll keep them all safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
All right. Well, unfortunately, I have to run off to work. I'm going to let Tyler take us home. Thank you so much for doing this. And I really do appreciate it as a longtime fan of yours. And I didn't get to it, but I will say a longtime fan of your brothers as well. Uh, 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 Cobra Kai was one of the first wrestlers I loved on the BSE scene. Uh, it took me 10 years to, to figure out he was your brother. But <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people were like that. So again, me and my brother came up really at each other's throats. And then just one day, and even into our wrestling, early wrestling careers, we were still like that. And we wrestled a couple times on indie shows and we were just so like this, just button horns. We couldn't get on the same page. And we were both pretty green at the time. I think I was a few years ahead of him. People were like, man, you guys just have no chemistry, you know? Like, well, you know, I think what I think, he thinks what he thinks. Again, we're just doing yeah. this. And, and it, I'm an expert at taking my peanut butter and putting it to somebody else's jelly and making a good sandwich. But at that stage of the game, me and Steve, <laughs> guys, relax, relax, relax. And so one day, Christian, uh, Jay Riso, of all people, who is, I love him, he's my brother. He's a total dickhead. He loves, <laughs> he lo loves, to, uh, loves to stir it up. And yet he was the voice of reason. He literally said something to my brother to this day, I don't know. Um, and he goes, you guys should just get along. And then my brother rolled up on me when it should have been me. I'm embarrassed that it wasn't because the older brother should lead by example. It wasn't. My little brother led by example. He said, you know, I talked to Jay and he thinks we should stop fighting. And I agree. And I said, I agree with both of you. And we literally cold turkey stopped fighting from that day. Right there. And then fast forward, we ended up wrestling. Uh, we wrestled at my at my sort of my bachelor party, if you can figure that one out, um, against uh, Sean Spears and my other buddy, Jason Bates. Uh, who was in my wedding party on my and this just just a week ago and yeah. everybody's like man you guys move so like you and cobra kai work so well together it's like your brothers i'm like it is like we're brothers. <laughs> yeah almost <laughs> right yeah that's fantastic that's well so thanks funny. again sin i i truly appreciate it and we hope to talk to you soon man I'll thank let you, you uh, my I'll pleasure let you, any time i'll let you finish it up back all right, I'll finish it up here. I, I've got my last two questions I want to ask you. You've been so generous with your time, and this has been so entertaining, man. We can't thank hey, you I enough got, for this. I got, chick I got chickens to, to pet, dogs to pet. <laughs> I got toys to make. I'm a giant child. What do you want? Two, I you love got it. two more questions? Bring it. I got two I'll more. Have two more answers. So uh, I've been a big fan of your career since pretty much day one in the Toronto scene. Uh, I always you. noticed that you were the guy that fought all the legends that got brought in, whether it was the twin wrestling guys or, uh, you know, uh, the more stuff. As a massive wrestling fan growing up, was that kind of cool for you to get in there with guys like King Kong Bundy and Jim the Anvil? Or was it frustrating because you wanted to work guys that were going to, you know, be a little more fast paced so you could hone your skills a little bit as well. No, ex uh, yes, but exactly the opposite. I was happy to wrestle uh, the old school guys because they were the ones that had the wisdom and the tricks. And I absorbed all those tricks like a fucking sponge. If I was just wrestling another young guy, it would be blind leading the blind, which there is so much of these days. That's no knock on the young guys. It's, it's just a knock on not enough old timers that can still move that are willing to pass on knowledge. And again, brings me back to my shameless uh, uh, whoring of myself to whoever's whoever's paying I'm playing, whether it's Tony Khan or Vince or Demore or Tiger or whoever, you know. Um, but like I have those tricks and I am thoroughly thankful of having those tricks, uh, whether it was from a Bundy or the Road Warriors or the Rock and Roll Express, or Jerry Lawler or Jake Snake or just the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, I was put into the position because I think I kind of I looked apart like I was big enough where you know, instead of renting out a Greg Valentine and a honky tonk man or a Kamala and a Coco Beware or some such, 
you know, it was easy to draw the same amount of people on a show just looking at any one of those guys, whether it's Al Snow or Lawler or whomever, Road Warriors, whoever, and then give them local indie guys, but local indie guys that didn't look like they were meals, looked mm-hmm. like they were opponents. So, you know, you could, you could, you know, uh, rent, I don't know, a Kamala for whatever, 500 bucks, 750 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever it was. And then you could pay a little dude like me a hundred bucks, but I didn't look like a snack. I looked like an opponent. So you're, as opposed to paying 200, five, two, two $500 uh, guys, or two $1,000 guys or whatever. So the budget was on point for the promoter. Uh, the fans got to see the local or the hero TV babyface um, take on a local bad guy. And then I, I got a lot of those gigs because I was this 250 pound, you know, bizarre looking. I looked like a, again, I looked like an opponent, not like a meal. So by that proxy, it, it put me in those positions to get a lot of that knowledge. So like, again, now I think what some of the young guys and girls are doing is outstanding. I am not that crotchety old timer like, oh, I'll just grab a headlock for six hours. I'm not that guy at all. I like seeing all these cool high spots and all these cool things and watching the kids being so creative. But at the same time, there's places to set the table for these things, and build these things and get mileage for these things and really tell their stories with these things. Like they're, you know, fans are coming to see the spots. Fans are coming to see the workers. Like you, you, nowhere ever did two hipsters sit at a table or a bar and go, you know what, man, I'm jonesing to see a Canadian destroyer. I'm jonesing to see a hammerlock. I can't wait to see an eye gouge. I need to see an eye gouge. I need to see a dive that conversation has never happened on planet earth. Not once they go, I want to see Hacksaw Jim Duncan. I want to see AJ Styles. I want to see Ricochet. I want to see the road warriors. I want to see Moose. I want to see Heath Slater. Uh, nobody ever went to a restaurant and man, I, let's go to Jimmy Jack's uh, barbecue, man. They got hella ketchup there. Like their ketchup is amazing. They don't do that. You say you go there because for the burgers or for the steak or for the brisket or the whatever, you don't go for the fucking ketchup. Yeah. So a lot of guys these days, are basing all their work around their ketchup and not their burger. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, and absolutely. I think a guy like me brings again, where I shamelessly say, Hey, Tony Khan. Hey, Vince McMahon. Um, I'm one of those very few and far between guys that can tie all that shit together because when you work your Jerry Lawler's and just uh, your Ricky Morton's and, and so forth, uh, road warriors, Steiner brothers, just the list goes on and on. I can't even list them all. Just so many of them, Jake, the snake for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Um, you can't help but have a thousand dirty tricks, really clever tricks up your sleeve. So I was super happy that I got to wrestle all those guys. Yeah. And it, just, it taught me so much that I wouldn't have learned otherwise, you know, Dusty Rhodes and, and so forth. Like being in the ring with Dusty, holy shit. Yeah, no kidding. It's like being in a, in a Harvard tutoring class, a one-on-one class with a Harvard and the best of the best, you know, and so forth. So yeah. it I was saw- my absolute pleasure. Like being, you know, whoever it was, just all those guys, it's just, I could just keep on naming names, like having the pleasure of being in the ring with them, being in the car with them, being in a locker room with them, just learning, 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 you know, Pat Tanaka, uh, Paul Diamond, just mm-hmm. the list goes on and on and on. Um, Pat Tanaka yeah. is so good. Holy shit. No one talks about him enough, Pat Tanaka. Right. Uh, yeah. So the Orient Express, Bad Company, like they are just, you know, like kind of like the church are sort of lost to the pages of history. Where- 100%. I think a lot of the young guys say, like, as we would say, like, you know, I would have answers to questions you don't even know to ask yet. You know, if you're in your first five years of wrestling or even 10 years of wrestling. Yeah. yeah and you've yeah. done it. You've done it all. I see that mind frame. I was at the, the Warrior One show you promoted in Oshawa, and you had that great mix of the talent, the young guys. It was one of the best indie shows I've ever been to in my entire life. Oh, thank you. 
Um, that was my very, very first show I ever produced. And to this day, I think, I think I could be wrong, but I think to this day that holds the indoor attendance record for a non WWE wrestling show, which today to this day, I think pisses off Scott Demore. So hey, buddy, <laughs> how you doing Scott? I still have the DVD. I bought the DVD and everything. I got the whole kit and caboodle. I'm actually oh, on the I'm on the DVD cover, a picture of my my body. So that's my mark out moment. I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, the last question I got to ask you, I know you've, yeah. your time's generous here. Uh, I just got to ask you just about your friendship and your relationship and how important Jake the Snake has been to your life. He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, just Jake in general. What what can you share with us about your friendship with Jake? Oh boy, I don't have a bad thing to say about Jake. I don't think in over a twenty year relationship, I don't think we've ever uttered an ill word to each other. Like we've been there for each other's highs and lows. Um, always trying to help each other, pick ourselves up from our lows and, and, and share and enjoy each other's like high points. Um, but he is him and edge have been the two him and edge and my buddy Bates are, uh, he was one of the guys, he's not any big famous wrestler. He was one of those woulda, shoulda, coulda guys. Mm -hmm. He was like close to a contract, but just, he was one of those many guys that the awesome wrestling fans are never going to get to see. Could have worked with anybody. I, I know, I know 300 guys like that, but those three guys in, uh, specifically are so pivotal to just guys that I've leaned on over the years. Like all three of those guys, Jake, Adam, uh, Edge, and uh, and Bates. Those three guys are they're they're like three extra Stevens, uh, three extra Cobra Kai's. You know, like uh, they're my my big brothers, uh, guys that I trust. If I if I woke up roofied in a in a in a I don't know South American jail tomorrow one of those three guys or all three of those guys would be the ones to come and rescue me. Um, Jake has been, yeah, especially through this pandemic, always check brother, you need anything? Edge or Bates be like, you need anything? Are you okay? Can we do anything for you? And uh, they're just, they're, they're just wonderful, you know? And I, I know all of us, you know, and Jake, we've all done bad shit. We've all, we're, none of us are Mother Teresa by any means, but we're all just, I think, bad men trying to do good things. Mm. And so uh, like, it was weird. Uh, I'll tell you kind of a silly, bizarre story. Um, so at the wedding, Jake was super nervous to officiate. Not that he was worried about speaking in front of any, anybody, but he's known me as Sin and Sin Bodhi for years. He knows my last name is, my real last name is Svetkovich, but even I had a hard time learning that shit. So um, he was so worried about mispronouncing it. And I'm like, look, man, if you feel like you're going to panic and fuck it up, just, just say Sin Bodhi. It's fine. And, um, He's no, 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 I'm going to get this right. I got to get it. He's super nervous about it. And, uh, he, and he, and he, so, and again, and on side, side note to this is like, uh, so I've known him for over 20 years at my wedding was the first time I ever met Cheryl Roberts. So they were estranged for a long time and now they're kind of getting it back together, which I'm so happy for both of them. And so I think he was wanting to make, you know, do right by me. wants to like, you know, show off to her all this stuff, but he was so nervous. And I'm like, dude, you wrestled, uh, for a hundred thousand people, like, what, what's the problem? This, that's that was another day at the office. This is different. This is personal. And I'm like, okay. And um, it was just, it was so sweet to see him being so concerned to not screw anything up. Even I think he even says it in his like monologue at the front of that wedding ceremony, which you can see the link is on my page and, and so forth. And he's just like, I'm not going to screw this up. Like he literally says this on the camera or like in on the mic in front of everybody. You know, it's like it's important and I'll screw this up. And all this stuff and he's just a sweet sweet guy and uh yeah it's, i have not anything bad to say about jake he's yeah. always had my back um weirdly so it was weird too uh, on a side side note um my my practice marriage like uh you know about 12 13 years ago 
uh, Jimmy Hart gave away my practice wife at the uh, altar. And he was also nervous. I'm like, and I remember asking, I said, Jimmy, what's the problem? The baby darling, I'm so nervous. Baby darling, ah, ah. And I'm like, again, same thing I told Jake, the, you know, fast forward, you know, over a decade later. And he's like, I'm like, you worked at WrestleMania 3, you wrestling in front, or you perform in front of hundreds of thousands of people. He's like, ah, the office, no problem. This is personal, you know? And then, so the other day at my very good friend, uh, rest his soul, amazing Jonathan's funeral, I had, I had two spots. I had one line, which like I could run freak show wrestling in my sleep. You could put me, you could put me in the ring with Randy Orton tomorrow. And we don't need to talk about shit. I would be just fine. You know, in front of a hundred thousand people, I'd be just fine. But to have two little spots at Jonathan's ridiculous, crazy, fun, silly funeral. Cause I mean, you, Jonathan would be pissed if anybody was crying they, he needs everybody laughing. And so I was so nervous and I just realized, wait, I could do this in my sleep for, I could wrestle a 60 minute match in my fucking sleep. And I'm worried about doing something right. And I thought this is personal. And I totally got what Jimmy was thinking. I totally got what Jake was thinking. And it just is about friends and family. And so it was just a whole situ different situation than being um, in, in a ring or on a stage or whatever. So that's sh short cool. story long. Uh, Jake cool. has just been a wonderful, wonderful big brother, crazy uncle, whatever you want to I always call him my, my fairy god brother, brother, brother. So he's just a wonderful, wonderful, caring human as far as I'm concerned. So there you well, go. With Cheryl being there, maybe if you would have airbrushed her face on your uh, tuxedo, maybe it would have made him feel a little bit, maybe made him feel a little bit easier. Eh? Man, where were you in the booking meeting? Oh, <laughs> I, I kind of I joked with her when I first met her. So I met her like the night before, two, two nights before. They flew in a couple days before. And, and so she's a wonderful lady, beautiful lady. And I kind of joke with her. I'm like, and she was very smiley and friendly. I'm like, don't get me wrong. You're, you're beautiful and everything, but you don't look like I remember because you were so mean. You like, you look so mean. Like you're gorgeous then, you're gorgeous now, but you look so mean. And I can't even recognize you because you're so friendly looking now. And, and she was just like, well, I was in the role. I'm Jake the Snake's wife. I was supposed to look mean. He's mean. I'm mean. You know. And we were kind of joking about that. And the running gag all weekend was kind of like, you know, you're good looking, but you're you look mean as hell. You know. But she was super sweet and, and it was great to see Jake was so enamored to have her there. That was really, really cool to see that he was happy. And I think uh, over all of his adventures and fighting through all his demons and prevailing from his demons, I think he still has sometimes in the back of his head, am I worthy of prevailing through these demons? And, you know, we've had many of those kind of talks and, and saying like, dude, you deserve good things. You deserve to be happy you deserve happily ever after so shut yeah. the fuck up and enjoy yeah, we're, we're so happy as, even as a fan i'm so happy to see sure. him come over that like we were cheering sure. we're all cheering for jake you know and to see him in sure. aw now i'm just so happy like it warms my heart and i don't even know for him sure. you know so for sure like he comes off scary scary on stage like again to we always would compare uh amazing jonathan and jake the snake as in you can't get anything by either of those guys they're both so clever just the two best of their crafts but they were kind of like Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan were both brilliant martial artists, but one played silly, one played serious. So backstage or in real life, they're both equally silly and sweet, but on stage, one was super scary, one was super funny. Um, but it, that was what he was, like just, just a super sweetheart, you know, absolute sweetheart. Absolutely. As scary as he was on stage or in the ring, he was absolute sweetheart. He is an absolute sweetheart in the ring, or in life, as is Jonathan, rest his um. soul. That's amazing, man. Sen, I could sit here. I could literally talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but uh, I know you're a busy man. So I'm going to let you go here. Uh, before we go, anything that you want to plug where people can find you, what you're working on, where we want, we want you to share that with everybody. 
Sure. Um, so over the course of the pandemic, we did the snake pit, which is an online thing for wrestlers, wrestling students, uh, promoters, referees, managers, whatever, anything wrestling related. Um, you can find it on Facebook. And uh, so that was really cool. Like when I get now that I get to shows, I have so many people coming over like, Hey, thanks coach. And I've never met. They just, they follow along during the pandemic. So that was really cool. And I want to say there's about 4,000 people on there from when we started at like 30 people. It was just a wrestling class page that I turned into like this sort of wrestling hub. Dr. Tom and Gangrel and Tyson Dukes and all these different guys and girls would come on and, and help coach with me and stuff. So super proud of that. But that's on social media there on Facebook. But all of my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is all Sinbodhi, S-I-N-N-B-O-D-H-I. So if you want to see any of the stuff that we talked about, like some of the matches with some of those old school guys or uh, promos or the wedding stuff, the wedding stuff is like crazy. Between my wedding and a week later with Amazing Jonathan's, excuse me, with his uh, kind of funeral party, his memorial, it was a crazy, weird matching set of Tupperware. Uh, you know, a lot of the same people on the same show, the same craziness. Um, so that was really fun to watch. And like Dexter Loomis was just like, holy shit what did i just watch like he was there and he was sitting right next to me you know while the, the the freak show wedding portion of the night was happening and you know for such a scary guy on tv he was just like what's happening <laughs> you know? take notes Dexter, right right yeah <laughs> and, and, you know watching it and beth phoenix face going holy crap just watching them laugh their asses off and then then the other night uh so i had an amazing jonathan's funeral with again a lot of the same awesome brothers and sisters like bizarro and genocide and andrew stanton and leroy the human thumbtack guy like all my buddies are all like guinness world records guys america's got talent guys go big show guys uh, all these different things so like the performers were just so amazing and like at, at, at jonathan's wedding i you know playing with with uh with a carrot top and being mean to chris angel and throwing a pie into you know another comedian's face and taking a bump on the on the stage like I got clobbered by Jonathan with a steel chair at his wedding. It only befit that I got clobbered at his funeral, you know? 100%. So it makes sense. Good psychology, good storytelling. Full you know? circle, right? Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to see any of that stuff, or if you want to book me on a wrestling show, or you want me to, uh, you want to uh, book me for a seminar at your school. Again, I've, I've taught at Ricky Morton school, at Al Snow school, at Dr. Tom school, at Gangrel school. I have my own school in, in, in Vegas here with, with uh, D'Lo Brown, Kenny King, uh, Jake the Snake, uh, and others and, and plenty of other guest coaches tjp is always there chris bay one of my kids also um, is there teaching sometimes so it's a really great school but again you want me for a show a seminar you want to buy a wrestling toy for me or whatever just find me send me a, a dm on any of my facebook or twitter or instagram and sinbodhi is s-i-n-n-b-o-d-h-i Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate the time. We're going to have to have you back on because there's still so much I want to talk to you about. But sure. uh, part two is going to be in the future, man. Bring it. Perfect. Well, on behalf of Sin, I am Tyler. And on behalf of Mike at work, we have been counted out. Be safe, be smart, be kind.